Hello, this is the second Sunday in Lent, and I would invite you to pray with me the collect appointed for today and the collect uh, also for Ash Wednesday, which is to be prayed throughout Lent. Let us pray. Almighty God, who seest that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthy lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, in the collect appointed for today, we acknowledge to God, to Almighty God, uh, to he who has all power and might. We acknowledge that we, in contrast, have utterly no power of ourselves to help ourselves. We are um, like, at best, we are like infants. And if you've ever known an infant, they, you have to do everything for them. And if you don't, they will die. And like ourselves, we cannot help our, well, like like. We, as, as all humans, as adults, as all of us, of course, were infants, uh, without the grace of God, we're like infants. We, we can't help ourselves. And that goes against the grain a bit in, uh, here in America. We like the story of the self-made man, of the, of the man who pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And I'm not at all against hard work. I'm not at all against innovation and and doing the best you can to better yourself. But the fact of the matter is that, uh, particularly in things eternal, but even in things temporal, we have no power to help ourselves. We are utterly dependent upon God. And so acknowledging that, we ask that he would keep us both in our bodies, outwardly in our bodies, and inwardly in our souls, uh, so that we could be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Now, all we can see in other people is the is outwardly in their bodies what they do. However, that is a reflection of of their their soul, their inward being, their inner thoughts. If you are like me, and I imagine you are, because I imagine it is common to the human condition, uh, your thoughts may trouble you at times. You think, my goodness, um, you know inwardly you fight with anger, uh, with lust, with impatience, with a number of things. And that may not be manifested outwardly, but we need God to help us there as well. So we pray to God in this collect that we, be defend that we would be kept outwardly in our bodies, inwardly in our souls, acknowledging that there are adversities which can happen to the body and evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. And we, of course, pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, here beginneth the, four, first, or here beginneth the fourth uh, chapter of St. Paul's epistle to the Philippians. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you walk that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing what you do, that you do so more and more. 
For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is an avenger of all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Well, here St. Paul writes to, he's writing the Thessalonians. He's addressing them as brothers in the Lord. And what he urges them and, and what he pleads with them to do is that they, as they received from them how they ought to walk, that they would continue uh, to do so more and more. They would continue to walk with God and to serve God and to live holy lives. Because he notes, this is the will of God, your sanctification. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God's will for you is your sanctification, that you would become more and more like uh, Jesus Christ, that you would be conformed more and more to the image of Jesus Christ. That isn't just God's will for special people. That isn't just God's will for uh, a few of these Thessalonians. That is God's will for all of us. And it is a lifelong process. And then he, he notes that God's will was that they abstain from sexual immorality. Uh, that each one of them know, would know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles, um, who um, excuse me, who do not know God, the Gentiles, the Goyim, the nations. Now, in the King James, I'm, re I'm reading this from the ESV, the English Standard Version, but in the King James, it says that, uh, that you would know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence. Concupiscence is a, a big word, but it means the lust of the flesh. It means lusting and desiring to do that which is sinful. Now, all of us may be tempted at times, but there's a difference between being tempted and desiring that which is sinful. And we are called to fight against all temptations for all of our lives because our sanctification won't be complete. that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this manner, matter because the Lord is an avenger of all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. When we transgress against our brother, our brother may or may not ever try to get revenge on us, but we can know this, that God is ultimately the judge, and God will avenge those who have been wronged. For God has not called us to, for impurity, but in holiness. We're called to live holy lives. And that's hard. 
It's not easy for any of us. All of us fall short. All of us need the grace of God. God has called us not to live lives of impurity, but to live holy lives. And he, he notes the seriousness of this. Whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God who gave his Holy Spirit to you. We need to take St. Paul's words seriously, not because they're from a learned rabbi, but because they were inspired by Almighty God. And it is he who, who inspired St. Paul to write them down, and it is from him that we get those words. Now for the gospel appointed for today, here beginneth the 21st chapter of the 15th. Uh, excuse me, the 15th, the 21st verse of the 15th chapter of the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and she was crying. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. His disciples came and begged him saying, send her away for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but she came and knelt before them, him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, a woman, great is your faith, be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This Canaanite woman, this woman who would have been viewed as, as a half-breed, as one of those people, as wrong people by faithful Jews, she comes to Jesus and she is crying out for mercy. She's recognizing that he's her Lord and the son of David, but she's, she's crying out for mercy because her daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Now exactly what, what was manifested there, we don't know. I believe that people are manifest or that people can be possessed by demons. To the best of my knowledge, I've never personally seen it, but I've heard credible stories, particularly from those on the mission field, of things that they've seen. But this woman's crying out. Her daughter needs deliverance. Her daughter her the mother showing love as only a mother can for a child. So she cries out to Jesus, but he does something that doesn't seem very nice. Very often Jesus is treated as, well, just this cool dude who was nice. Nice can often be a, an, an anemic word. But he doesn't answer her word. And, and so his disciples come, came in and they're growing irritated by this woman. And so they say, send her away. She's crying out after us. She's bugging us, Jesus. Send her away. And then Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That is not what the woman would have wanted to hear for she was certainly not of the house of Israel. And so she goes and she kneels before him and she says, Lord, help me. At that moment, 
She knows, as the collect for today said, that she has no power of herself to help herself. She is utterly hopeless, and she kneels before Jesus, and she cries out for help. And then Jesus answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. Well, that's a rather insulting statement. It's a statement that, for many people, would have caused them to go away to get insulted, to get their nose bent out of joint, to get offended. I happen to love dogs. I love my dog, B. As I am recording this, she's sitting here right, right next to me. But when we call a person a dog, that's generally considered to be an insult. But she doesn't get offended. She doesn't get her nose bent out of joint. She doesn't do any of that, she just says, Lord, help me. Excuse me. She, well, when he says that, she immediately answers, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Now, it is important to note that the word used there for dogs is a diminutive. It, it would be roughly uh, somewhat equivalent to uh, puppy. Now, everybody loves puppies. Um, I mean, they're just so irresistible. Now, in those days, probably not the same way we do today. But at the same time, Jesus' words aren't quite as harsh as they appear here in the English. But she answers him, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus moved by her faith moved by her unrelenting faith, says, O oh woman, great is your faith, be it done to you as, her, as you desire, and her daughter was healed instantly. That woman knew that she had no power of herself to help her, so she knew she was utterly dependent upon Jesus. By, her, by his grace, though, her daughter found healing. And for that we can say, thanks be to God. Thank you for tuning in.